you have to grow. Yep, it's your boy Gabe, man. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Growth, man. I'm here with my dog Kendall. What's the deal? What the word is, my guy, man. We back at it, bro, trying to establish some consistency in this thing, man. We got an exciting thing we want to talk about, man. And with the playoffs about to be here, bro. So me and you was talking about the play-in tournament yesterday, and this is the first official year that the playoff tournament is – not the playoff tournament, but the play-in tournament is occurring. So uh, before we hop into it, man, like, talk to me. How how you feeling right now, bro? How's, how's the week going? Oh, man, the week's good, man. I actually – um. I just had a, a conversation with my pops the other day about the play-in tournament. And um, <laughs> it's just funny, man. It's, it's funny how, like, you know, LeBron made all those comments and stuff like that. And, you know, not to just jump into it, but just to jump into it. Um, LeBron made those <laughs> right. comments about, um, you know, saying that this, this is stupid and that, uh, you know, whoever made this should be fired. But, do you truly believe that he would have felt the same way if he was sitting in the number one slot and he didn't have to worry about playing it? No, definitely not. And I think there was a soundbite at some point of him saying, like, it was a great idea back in, like, November when they first released it. So, mm-hmm. obviously, circumstances have changed, you know what I'm saying, which has led to this contradiction by LeBron. But, you know, for the, as far as the play, the play-in tournament is concerned, like, for those who don't know, like, gee, just tell them a little bit about what the playoff the play in tournaments are what that is this year and like what does that look like so the play in tournament um occurs between people well the teams that are seated seven through ten so seven seed seven seed eight seed nine seed ten um and basically what happens is um the way the first round of the play in tournament goes is seven and eight play each other um so then obviously nine and ten play each other and so between that seven and eight game, uh, whoever wins that gets that first slot into the playoffs. So they'll be the seven seed. Um, so you get, let's just say seven beats eight. Now seven moves on uh, into the playoffs. Now eight plays the winner of nine and 10. So now um, whoever wins that nine and 10 game matches up against <clears throat> the eight seed. And then the winner out of that eight seed versus let's say the nine um, ends up getting into the playoffs. So essentially, the seven AC gets two cracks at making the playoffs, whereas um, the nine and ten, you lose, you're done. So okay, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's fairly straightforward um, winning your end, and mm-hmm. you know, on the on the latter end of things, like I mean, the seven and eight, they get. They get the best chances to make it. They get two cracks at winning. And then mm-hmm. nine and ten, as long as they win, they're in. So, I mean, like, I, it, it makes sense um, if it has to be. Now, whether it's stupid or not, I don't know, man. It, it was cool to watch in the bubble last year. So, hell, it makes people play the whole season through. Now, from a player's perspective, I think it gets a little hairy because, you know, some people – that they're used to resting towards the end of the year. It's like, okay, we're locked mm-hmm. in at the seven C, we're locked in at the six C. And really it's mm-hmm. those people that are at those five, six, could possibly end up at seven if they lose some games that mm-hmm. they can't chill no more. And so that's where right. it gets a little little interesting. Now, what, what's your take on it? 
<clears throat> I mean, honestly, right now, I mean, I think it's more of a play-in thing. I think that was more related to the bubble. So it'll be interesting to see how it was this year. I think that it was more relatable to the circumstances last year, you know, being in a quarantine, being in a bubble. It just added to that excitement, right? I think that, you know, I mean, I kind of agree with the latest take from LeBron as far as, like, it being stupid because um, I think that was, like, the one outlier you know what I'm saying? I don't know if it was enough to bring it into the traditional NBA schedule. I don't know if it was enough to, like, say, for example, I mean, obviously there were times back in the early 2000s where there was the first round was the series of five, right? And then they progressed into a series of seven. Like, that was good, right? You know what I'm saying? That's, so that's cool, you know, um, mm-hmm. make it throughout. But I don't feel as if the play-in tournament really adds anything, like, if you're you know, especially when you have fans or whatnot like that. If they're trying to get fans back into the stands or whatnot, like, you know, now you're worried about winning the game. And do you, if you win the game, you know what I'm saying, do you travel to, like, say if you're 9-10 seed, like you talked about, you win a game, I don't know where the game is, you have to travel to the other place. And, like, it's not a series. So it kind of makes it a little more complicated, um, you know, from a player's perspective than the traditional, hey, you, you fight for the AC, you know it's A-slots, you're fighting A-slots all year. Now people got a little bit more wiggle room and, like, we need to be adding value to the playoffs and not adding extra chances. But at the end of the day, I mean, the only way I see this being fair um, or a good thing is because we, it's a shorter season. So that does, like, so it was less room for error. So I guess that would make up for it if there's, if there's fewer games, I forgot how many there were this year, but I know there wasn't the, the regular 82 games. So if there are fewer chances of error during the regular season, then I can see how the play-in tournament would be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that um, I think that it's interesting. Um, I'm not going to say it's necessarily a good or a bad thing. Um, I could see how the travel could be a problem. But at the end of the day, if you look at it in its simplest form, if y'all just win, y'all good. Mm-hmm. So, like, True. you know what I mean? If the, the Lakers – I mean, granted, injury he's had a lot to do with it. But if the Lakers would just win the games they were supposed to win, they wouldn't even be in this situation right now. So, I mean, it, it, it's kind of twofold for me. Like, I, I'm i excited to see what it's going to look like, man. All the changes so far that the NBA has made or tried to make, has been fairly decent, bro. So, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to sit up here and knock something before I get a chance to take a look at it. So, in all honesty, I'm interested to see what it's going to look like, man. And I'm not, uh, I'm not writing it off until I get a chance to actually look at it. I mean, you're right. Like, Adam Silver has done an amazing job since uh, David Stern, um, you know, passed away. And before that, you know, um, stepped down as the commissioner. Like, he hasn't really missed, you know, even from a social standpoint, from – implementing changes to the NBA, like, he hasn't really missed. So, from that perspective, you're definitely right. It's def- I think that he has definitely, you know, proven over time that, you know, we deserve to give this a chance, right? We deserve to give this a chance. And I think that, you know, last year was success in a bubble. Now we get to see it under different circumstances. We get to see it, like, you know, in a more normal environment, right? Not completely normal, but more so of what you would, get, would be used to seeing if before – um, the pandemic and such. So you talk about the Lakers, man. Let's, let's let's dive into it. So right now I'm looking at the standings, and 
The Lakers are, are in that seven seed. They're a game and a half behind the Trailblazers for the six. And then you got the Warriors in the eight, Grizzlies in nine, and the Spurs at 10. So if those were to stay put, like who out of those four teams would you have, uh, would you bet on to make the, to win the play-in tournament and establish themselves as that official seventh and eighth seed? Now, I definitely, um, I, I mean, I, I think it'll end up holding true. Um, seven and eight will probably move on. Um, I think the way Steph's been cooking, you know, this whole season for that matter, he'll get those boys in at the eight seed. Now, come, you know, actual playoff time, I think they'll probably get scraped by Utah. Um, but it sucks for the Suns, bro. They got to match up against the Lakers first round. Like, mm. damn, coming man. from Coming so from somebody who lives in Phoenix, man, I know it's an exciting time in AZ right now. But, you know what I'm saying, at the end of the day, like, they don't have Dennis Schroeder right now. And they just beat the Suns. And you see Anthony Davis drop 42. You're saying, okay, like now we're getting to see vintage AD. You know what I'm saying? That allows them to give uh, LeBron a little bit more time to rest. Dennis Schroeder still in protocol. They signed Ben McLemore. Kuzma didn't even play last game. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you have that scary potential in the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? And I think that the Suns are a really good team. I've been had a really good season. But I don't know how they're gonna fare like during the playoffs. I, I love Mikael Bridges. No, don't try to back up off the statement, bro. They're a good team, bro. They're a good team. No, they're good. They're a good team. Good season, I'm just bro. saying they're, they're good. They're good. They're good. I'm just so let's break it down. So they're good. I think Chris Paul has, has showed like he and um we'll get into a little this or that later. So I actually later about this question, but he has been instrumental as far as like making sure his imprint has been felt on every team he's been on whether it's mm -hmm. been new orleans the clippers houston and now phoenix you know what i'm saying like they tried to do away with him and he was in, in houston like they tried you know what i'm saying they was thinking like okay chris paul's on the decline right that's what we thought chris paul's on the decline it didn't work with, with uh, james harden like now he's gonna go to the suns with a younger team whatever the case may be he getting no attention now they're number two seed man that is extremely you know what i'm saying that's extremely impressive you know by chris paul but I would have to agree. Um, I think the Lakers and Warriors will hold true. You know, I'm a, I'm a Warriors and Lakers guy. I ain't going to hold you. But uh, I think Steph is like – Bro, how does that up. work, bro? How All right, here's how work. Work. <laughs> here's how it works. All right, here's how it works for y'all who don't know. Like, you call me think if you want to, you know what I'm saying? But um, it works because, like, obviously, you know what I'm saying, Kobe was a big part of my life. So I always have allegiance to the Lakers no matter what is going on, right? That's been somebody I follow and, like, he spent his whole career with the Lakers. I spent my whole life with the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that goes away. You know what I'm saying? That imprint is still there. And then I've just always been, like, super, super impressed with the Splash Brothers and whatnot, like, witnessing that. And, and beyond KD, forget KD, right? That's a whole other subject, but just, like, Steph and Clay. And I think it's just been really impressive to see what Steph has been able to do for the duration of this entire season by his damn self. I mean, Draymond is on the decline. He's been – that boy been riding to a check, man, because he ain't really been, you know what I'm saying? He's not the same Draymond, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it, that's been exposed, right? You got young players, James Wiseman, you know what I'm saying? Supposed to be a top three pick. And, man, LaMelo and Anthony Edwards are making him look bad. He can't stay on the court. He's inconsistent, you know what I'm saying? And, like, he Steph has been. Hurt, bro. I know, but he, as I'm saying, he's been on and off the court. He's been on and off the court. And when he is on the court, he's been inconsistent. Only in comparison 
to LaMelo and Anthony Edwards. Why? Because those are the two people that were also picked into, in the top three. And whether it's fair or not, well, you know what I'm saying? Well, hold on. Before I even let you finish that, those those guys get to control the ball a lot. LaMelo's the point guard. Obviously, he controls – he dominates the ball. And Anthony Edwards is – you know, he's a 2-3 a player, so, like, he gets the ball a lot more. Whereas, you know, Wiseman's a big on a guard-dominated team. Right? He'll get it when he get it. Like, that's – I bruh. feel you. It's tough to, but, to to establish dominance as a big man, as a as a true inside player, on a team that plays outside. They don't. They've never. They, the Warriors has never worked inside out. They've never worked inside out. I I mean I understand what you're saying. I do I I do understand what you're saying because even flashing back to you know when they won the championship with KD without KD, there was never that like super super post presence. You know what I'm saying? It was more of like that agile four agile five that kind of fits them on the floor and that's what james wiseman is he can stretch out you know what i'm saying he can do that so i think he does fit but i understand your point though i definitely get your point but he's not your typical demarcus Cousins. like he's he's athletic he can stretch out he can yeah, do those no, things he, you know he can he can stretch out but it's still a it's still a process to go from like james wiseman the the big man in high school the big man in college who the ball, like it, it was coming to him. The game was playing, was being played through him. To now, is not only do you gotta find find your own rhythm, but you gotta find your own rhythm with the best shooter in the world on your team, uh, one of the best playmakers in the world on your team. All of this and Steph, and then a bunch of other snipers around you. Like, like the floor is completely spaced out and like you got to go you he's got to almost turn into a knockdown shooter i mean granted yeah he could still you know attempt to get to the rack but the ball isn't flowing through him anymore when you go from transitioning from being the man to being one of the guys on the team and not to take anything away from his talent whatsoever but bro that's tough bro like you know how long it took for Melo to accept that he was finna have to come off the bench, bro? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm not comparing him to Melo and skill set wise or anything, but I'm just talking about the mentality from going from being the man to starting from ground zero. And I agree with you again, man. This is a great point. I'll agree with you again. But at the same time, it's like <clears throat> Wiseman doesn't need the ball to go through him. I think that, you know what I'm saying, he is one of them guys that like, you're not going to throw it into your wise man and let him work. Like, he's not an NB. He's not a Jokic. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not that guy. You feel me? So, like, I think his game is inside and out. He's going to hit you with more of, like, the turnaround, little hook. You know what I'm saying? He's not going – he's not post he's, – he's small right oh, now. Oh, no. Let me not he come off like I'm – let me not come off like I'm saying he needs the ball in the paint, posting up. I'm just talking about touches. He's not option mm-hmm. one, two, and damn near probably not even three. He, he could definitely be option two if he was progressing at a better – you know what I'm saying? So I'm using understand words like could. I'm just talking about right now. Like, I'm not okay. I'm not judging this game. I'm not doing any of that. But I'm just saying, like, when they lined it up see. at the start of the season, like, they were expecting him to eventually become option three. And you know what I'm saying? Probably go with option two. But, like, he just didn't – you know what I'm saying? Like, he still was used to being option one. And when mm-hmm. you somebody that find rhythm 
easily because you used to having the game play through you, it's tough to find rhythm, bro. Like mentally, you got to come to acceptance of that. And that's why I'd be, that's why it'd be tough for me to call a, a, a player a bust after one year, two years, things like that, because it's like, it's like, damn, like y'all just let him go from being a man to now he automatically got to be the man again. Like, bro, those players are special. It's not easy to do that. No, you're right. And I know you're not saying I said he was a bust, but I will address the fact that, you know, like we're going to have to see this offseason about – because, you know, in the NBA, it's a small window, especially when you play for a contender. You know what I'm saying? Like over the years, like I think I've seen something that the Warriors are now a top ten, like richest franchise, right? Just in recent memory. This has happened very recent, within the last decade. This has happened. So like that window is very, very small. You know what I'm saying? So especially when the when the Warriors get a top two pick, you know what I'm saying? And then you see the other two around them. Now, granted, like, how do you think? And I'm not saying Lamella would be the one, you know what I'm saying? But how would you feel? How would you feel about LaMelo playing with Steph? How would you feel like Steph playing with Anthony Edwards? That those two combinations give you very different results, but they could be crazy. So when you look and pick Wiseman as the number two, and obviously it was the correct choice based on already having Clay, based on already having Steph, like you wouldn't need a LaMelo or Anthony Edwards. But in comparison to what James has produced, and then you think about, well, damn, since Clay's been out, how would him and Anthony Edwards be going? Like, that's a dangerous thing. So I understand what you're saying. And nobody's called him a bust at all. And I think that he'll end up being really good and a vital piece for the Warriors when Clay comes back, if they ever really want to be in the Western Conference contention. <clears throat> at the same time, like, it's a what have you done for me lately league. You feel me? And what you're going to look back, I mean, they already do the draft reorders. You know what I'm saying? You're going to NBA.com. Oh, this has happened so far in the season. Let's re- re- reorder the draft. What would happen, right? So it's a what have you done for me lately. So I understand what you're saying wholeheartedly. It's just about, you know, him being able to adjust on the fly and make his impact in the league because we both know when it comes to playing professional sports, that window closes very quickly or has the potential to close very quickly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and a number two pick can stay in the league for sure. I'm not saying he's going to stay in the league. Of course, he's very tight. He can stay in the league for as long as he wants. But – at the same time, if they stay in the league, he may end up being more of a bench player, you know what I'm saying, or get moved around. How many times have we seen it? You know what I'm saying? You don't produce as a top pick in the first few few years of the first few seasons. Now you get moved. Now you're working your way up. So, like, he needs to take advantage of, like, the environment, the franchise, and the development, you know what I'm saying, in order to um, take that step that he needs to to be successful. I don't know how we yeah. got off in this tangent, but I think it's really important to bring it up. No, no, and, and, and bro, I, I'm not discounting anything you said at all, but, like, I mean, if you look at it, like, people was ready to write miles off, and now look at him. He's hooping. Mm, he's hooping. Very true. Very true. He's hooping. Very true. Like, he, mm-hmm. he should be up for most improved. Most improved player. He yep. should definitely be up for most improved. And granted, I'm biased, but, you know, I still truly believe he should be up for most improved. Like, no, I believe he's top five for sure, man. Him, uh, Jordan Clarkston, uh, most improved. Um, I mean, shoot, I wouldn't say Lonzo is up is up there. I mean, Julius Randle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Like, my problem with the Julius Randle pick is like, 
he always been on that. It's not like he ever was not a bucket or, you know what I'm saying? Like, the people around him just finally playing better. Like, mm-hmm. now, I will say one, one of the parts of his game that he improved a lot was his playmaking, which is, I mean, it's, he's night and day of what he was playmaking-wise, you know, in the beginning of his career. But I think that Miles should should get the most improved player. And I think Jordan Clarkson deserves the six-man-of-the-year award. He goes crazy. Like, he goes crazy. And before we talk about the Lakers and their chances, like, think about what would have happened if they just kept their core and been a little more patient. Or just be, or just think about the fact if LeBron – You wouldn't have AD, man. Okay, okay, but here's the thing. Let's think about before LeBron, right? Before LeBron. So, LeBron was responsible for, like, yo, like, we need to win now, which is why they were more impatient about – the development of their young core, but if we can flash back, they all had all four of them boys on the same team. Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle. You know what I'm saying? Like, and look at Lonzo playing better now. Obviously, LaMelo has proven to be the better ball brother, but he's still more than serviceable. You know what I'm saying? Well, first of all, bro, I'm not going to take away from what Lonzo truly brings to the game. Like, Lonzo was never a – and we like to, you know, we like to define people by how well they put the ball in the bucket. I know the name of the game is for more points than the other team, but Lonzo is going to, every night, he's going to defend. Every night. Mm-hmm. He's going to attack the board every night. And he's going to make plays every night. You get what I'm saying? Now, mm-hmm. Lamelo's def- Lamelo is up there in steals. I don't exactly know what he's ranked, but... I mean, he's, he, he takes the ball away from the other team very well. He fills up the mm-hmm. stat sheet well. So, like, I would agree that he's the better ball brother. But, like, I just hate how because Lonzo wasn't a sharpshooter or, you know, he, he wasn't scoring a ton of points, that means that he wasn't the player he was supposed to be. Bro, he, he's always been a, a, a rebounding defending guard, bro. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Who, who, who passes the ball with the best of them. Like – I, I think he's I think he's right on pace to where he needs to be. I don't think that Lonzo is. I would agree. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't. I, I hate when people be saying like, oh, when Lonzo was supposed to. No, he wasn't, bro. Lonzo is exactly who he's supposed to be, bro. Like no, you he, right. He, he never was a sniper. He's never a sniper. He hit an open. He kind of is now though. Yeah, right. But like he kind of is now. <laughs> that's him improving on who he. You know what I'm saying? On on who he really is, not necessarily mm-hmm. like him finally being what he was, bro, he never was a sniper. Like, now he's smacking it. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and, I, and I, like I said, bro, I just, I just don't like how people always be saying, like, Lonzo is supposed to be this, he's supposed to be, like, bro, Lonzo is on a great track to be exactly where he's supposed to be, bro. I would agree, bro. I definitely would agree. I think that, I mean, he's had some games, like, where he 30, he 30 points, like, he knocking down seven threes, like, and this is what we need, this is what we need to see, because, like, he has the, Obviously, the passing ability, the playmaking ability. He has the body, the size to drive to the basket at will. He has the vision. You know what I'm saying? It's just about the consistency for him. And he's already improved on that shot. You know what I'm saying? So now, you know, with the Pelicans, he really has the opportunity with a young core, you know what I'm saying, and learn alongside Eric Bledsoe. You know what I'm saying? Like, because his potential is still high to me. Don't get me – don't get twisted. Like, I think Lamelo just just makes it a little bit – he looks he makes it look effortless at times, you know? Um, when I've watched him. But at the same time, I feel like Lonzo's potential is still really high. And you know what? Just a quick, quick side note. That's a really, that's really a testament to, uh, to, to uh, 
to their dad, man. He he been Come saying on, man. this. Get years. that man his credit, man. Get that, Get that man, man his credit, man. man. He been saying this for a long time, and we was like, you know, we seen him. We like, oh, I mean, you know, Lonzo cool, but you know what I'm saying. But he got put in that spotlight with the Lakers. But damn, he got two really, really good sons, man. Like, yeah. let's get to the book, bro. They go. I feel like Lonzo can definitely be a star in the league. He probably only like 24, and I definitely feel like Lamelo's gonna be a star. So you know, hey man, we never. This is why we do want to do an NBA episode and talk about the playing because, like, the talent. If you if you don't got the NBA package, man, you need to get it because, like, game in and game out. Like, you look up – I used to wake up and look on ESPN. Damn, he dropped 40? Oh, damn, he did this? Like, everybody capable of dropping 40 in the league, bro. The, the skill in the league is at such a high level. I mean, you know hold what on, man. Another thing I always hate when people start talking about basketball, especially these days – we always discount the East, man. And I get it. I get it. Top down. It's a lot more to talk about in the West. But the East got an interesting little setup right now, man. And it's going to be some Well, let's talk games. about it, man. Yeah, 7 through 10. Yeah. And, and, well, first of all, you see how this thing probably about to shake out and Philly might end up with that number one seed. Mm, Steve. So that's impressive. Them that's impressive for them to hang on to number one seed mm-hmm. after like you know the Heat being oh my god he got the same people coming back they finna be that they in the sixth spot. Oh, but got, the Heat got um, hold on wait wait the Heat got better towards the end of the year. They did they they did. I'm really well let's let's keep it on the 76. Let's give them credit, but let's really give them credit for mainly like maintaining that number one spot and having a balanced team. Give Flowers Doc Rivers they tried to write him off too. They tried mm-hmm. to get rid of that man, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But he he got the number one team in the East, despite all the hype around Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? And granted, don't get me, don't get it twisted. Like I obviously am aware of the fact that Brooklyn has not been 100 percent like at, at any point for real. You know what I'm saying? So like, and we don't know when they will be. You know what I'm saying? Like, and mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see that soon. But for now, like, let's talk about it. Let's give the 76ers their credit. Let's also give the Knicks and another team, man, with me being Atlanta, bro, I didn't even know the Hawks was in the fifth seed. That's crazy to me. That's bold, you know what I'm bro. No, that's messed that's, up, fam. No, that's I'm for real. Up, like, I, I didn't know, bro. I was at the gym this morning, and I looked up. I'm like, damn, they're, game, they're half game behind the Knicks for the four seed? Quiet as hell. Yeah, I Quiet think, I think your four or five matchup will stay the same. <clears throat> but I will tell you this, bro. It's, and, and, it's, and it's all about matchups, I think. Well, not I think, but I know for basketball because the Bucks they don't really want to see the Heat in them offs, man. Mm. They got some, you know what I'm saying? You seen it last year, bro. The Heat got some for them boys, man. The Heat got some for them boys, man. And I think you know, key pickups this year for them, you know, add those late additions and Aladipo getting a Reza, um, mm. like I forgot about that too. Forgot yeah, about that. bro, like. They got better towards the end of the year. Modern growth, you know, at the end of the year <laughs> for them boys, yeah. man. And, yeah. And, and, and I truly believe that, like, and I'm, again, I'm biased. You know, the Heat's my squad. So, you know, I'm always pulling for them boys. But I really I'm, I really think that they're they going to get a, the Bucks hell. I think I'll have to agree a, with you. They're going to get a Bucks hell. And then you, you, you look down at the teams in the play-in, you, right now, you're looking at Boston, mm-hmm. Charlotte, Charlotte Pacers, Indiana, and Washington. Mm. I think, I think if I'm Boston, I gotta make, I gotta beat the Hornets. 
Because if I got to run into the Wizards, that's not what I'm really trying to do. Like, yeah, I know Russ is on the tear right now, and, you know, he he balling, but he him and Bill in a must-win, I ain't going to lie, bro. I like their chances. Now, seven-game series is a little bit different, but just win, win two games and we in, I, I think the Wizards bust the Pacers. And the Wizards would definitely bust Boston if they if it came to that. I think Boston need to go ahead and get up out of there early because if not, they're going to be on their way to the crib. Let's talk about Boston for a minute, man. Like, what happened? Like, what needs to change within Boston, man? Like, I mean, come on now. Like, a couple years ago, you go from a, a top two seed, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, <clears throat> You know what I'm saying? Getting knocked out of the Eastern Conference Finals. And then it seems like since that point, they just, you know what I'm saying, they 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 can't get back. They can't be consistent. And it's sad because, like, you got two, to me, two potential superstars. Well, Jason Tatum is a superstar. But Jalen Brown is, like, at the cusp. But, like, he's right there, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, you, and like I've said, me and you have had this conversation. What do I always tell you, bro? Don't I always tell you about the point guard? Don't I, don't I always tell you about Kemba freaking Walker? Kemba Walker, like him not being able to take that next step in a consistent, on a consistent basis in order to get the substance over the hump. Now yeah, you got Jason. I hear you. I, and listen, I hear you. But like Kemba, Kemba ain't never been no like no Chris Paul like. I'm not going to hold you. I never – I don't ever remember Chris Paul not feeling like a vet to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. the way he – the way he played a game – he just played a game like a vet. Like, he he don't play like an old man. He just played like a vet. Like, it just moves slower than him. Kimba plays at a, a much faster pace, a younger pace, and it matches up well with, the, you know, the way Tatum and Brown play, being able to run and gun. But I think the key loss for the Celtics was Al Horford. Yeah. Because now you have really no inside presence. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have no four. And you don't have a five either. Like, I can't even name on top of my They always rotating somebody trying to find that consistent, you know, matchup, you know, down low in that presence. Like, I don't think I've ever can't. seen them come out with the same lineup two games in a row. <laughs> Especially not in the, in the front court. Especially not in the front court. No, bro. I'm besides, serious, bro. Yeah, besides Tatum, I don't, I don't recognize it. Um, I mean, besides Tatum and Brown and uh and Walker, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point. So, what do you think that before we hop back into this? Like, obviously, what do you think needs to happen? We'll start with a little this or that. You know what I'm saying? Is it? Do you think something needs to happen as far as the roster? Or does Brad Stevens need to go? Well, and this is <laughs> this will typically happen. Like if if Doc Rivers was in that situation, Doc Rivers would be getting fired this year. Let's keep it a hundred. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's tough. Like, so because I wouldn't like I'm not gonna sit up here and blame Doc Rivers for the Clippers blowing it last year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to blame the effort of playoff P. Okay. So you said so you're like, not blaming Brad. No, nah, like, I, I mean, granted, 
you got to let them boys get some continuity. You see what your roster going to be. You got to, you got to figure out something and just ride with it. But at the same time, like they always got moving pieces. Like they, they don't really have much continuity up there. And because that's a lot of times players is moving around for them injuries or, you know, trade signs, whatever. I just think that, I think that in order for Boston to truly get over the hump, they need a veteran big man who can calm them boys down and that them boys going to respect. I think Al Horford had that. Al Horford was that. And instead of at that time blaming Brad Stevens, we tried to shake something up and get rid of Horford. Mm. And this is when you got to look at Danny Ainge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, like, he had him draft picks. Like, he he got, you know what I'm saying? And now you got to compare it to what the Thunder was looking at. The Thunder was looking at, you know what I'm saying, a number of superstars. Now, like, how 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 you probably got a couple more seasons to pay Jason Tatum. I'm not sure if he got the max yet, if he did or not, but it's going to happen if he didn't yet. I'm not sure if he stood in his rookie deal. He may be. Um, I think he signed an extension. He signed an extension, but it's not the max because he's gonna get he's gonna get to Superman. Whenever mm-hmm. he's eligible, he's he's gonna get that. And then like Jenna Brown, like he already making twenty a year. I think it's like a four year, eighty million dollar contract, and he's gonna get a, he's gonna get a bump too. So like at some point, you know what I'm saying? I definitely agree with the big. It's just for me with it being such a, a point guard driven league, I don't even put Kemba in the top fifteen. So it's scary for me when you got two superstars and you don't have a top 15 point guard you know what i'm saying i'm not gonna do it but if it was you know what i'm saying like trey young better you know what i'm saying like uh chris paul better i'll take schroeder over uh you know what i'm saying kevin walker you know what i'm saying like it's just it's just for me man and maybe i'm just a little hard on Kemba, bro but i just don't feel like he's been i think he should have elevated his game you know what i'm saying when he left charlotte and i feel like he's yet to do so in a way that, you know, the Boston has needed. It's, it's, it's Beantown, bro. They got the, they're tied with the most NBA championships in history, man. Like, you, it's, you, it's Beantown. You, I mean, you can't be average there. I'm sorry. Yeah, so they got, they got Jalen Brown, Kimba, and Tatum all through the 2022-2023 season. So they, they got, got them locked in for two more seasons beyond this one. Um, Marcus Smart last year is on his contract is next year. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I I can't harp on it enough, man. I think that they just truly need a veteran big man. And I don't think Tristan Thompson is the <laughs> I don't think he's the answer. Bro, I forgot he was there, bro. I swear to God, I forgot he was there. Nah, I mean, I, I knew he was there. I mean, he's still out there. He's still rebounding well. He's still doing tri- – I mean, Tristan's never been a, a 2020 guy. Um, I think if if they would have pushed for somebody like Andre Drummond, he could have helped them. Um, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, he, he's not – his post-game ain't crazy, but he find a way to put it in the bucket seven, eight times mm-hmm. a game, get his hot little 14, 16 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you on that, man. Before we hop into our this and that segment, you know what I'm saying, regarding the last week of the NBA season and the play-in tournament, I want to ask you about 
of course the Lakers, man. Of course the Lakers. So how do you feel? And do you Boy, feel like Lakers. we're I mean, you know, I love the Lakers and like, you know, they um obviously cover every headline. So let's talk about it. <clears throat> um do you feel like if they are in that play in I feel like they're gonna stay in that play in tournament. So I mean, they always have the mentality like, yo, like, you know, we, we're the Lakers, you know what I'm saying? Like, it don't matter where we're seated, you feel me? Like, do you think that remains true or do you think that due to either injury, fatigue, uh, you know, um, just them being an older group, do you still still – do you still believe that they have what it takes, you know what I'm saying, to come up through the Western – I mean, through the West, Western Conference and even make it? To the finals, if they started from, from a playing, uh, from a playing seat. Well, my money says that um, they're not gonna be Phoenix, so okay. Um, okay. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to ride with my pockets. I took Phoenix to make it out the first round this year, so I'm okay. hoping that I'm right. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that I'm right. Uh, I obviously I didn't know that they was gonna be matched up against the Lakers, but. Um, I'm trying to flip them a couple dollars. So um, I'm hoping that Phoenix, you know, hold true. And, you know, to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, I think that their mindset is wrong going into it. Um, I think Mm -hmm. that, I think that there'll be some bumps in the road. Now, granted, top to bottom talent, I think they got one of the best rosters in the league. Um, I think if they were in the, um, if they could have got that six seed, I think they would have probably made it to the at least the Western Conference Finals. But barring where they are, I don't know, fam. Hey, man, I'm gonna have to agree with you. Even from a Lakers fan, I think people forget, like you know, and uh, I mean, LeBron's at the age where Kobe was. You know what I'm saying? When he was getting put out, you feel me? Like and. We know that LeBron has a better cast around him, but at the same time, like, you know, Bron's not 100%. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Bron's not 100%, and he's not yeah, – I mean, I we haven't seen LeBron respond to this type of adversity from an injury standpoint ever. So, like, it's kind of hard. When Superman starts showing signs, signs of, of weakness, weakness, it makes everybody else around him not as confident. Like, he's not on the type of team where, you know, oh, Brian, I got you no trip. I'm about to go crazy. Like, it's not on that type of team. It's more of, Brian, what you want us to do? And now, well, I will say this. When LeBron don't play, Kuzma be going fair. Kuzma be going fair, bro. And that's why I want to highlight, like, Kuzma. Because the times when LeBron out, Kuzma dropping 25 again. He's always the leading scorer when LeBron's out. Mm-hmm. It's just about – what can he do when Bron is in? Because you need your full repertoire of weapons. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he needs to step into that third option, which is why they kept his ass in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Like, the fact of the matter is, like, yo, we see what these other players are doing. We kept you here. So, like, it's obviously he didn't step into that slot last year. You know what I'm saying? As far as that number three. But now he has the potential to really do so. He's been showing he's been a lot more consistent which has been a, a great thing to see because, like, man, the, this off, past offseason, it was on Kuzma's head, you know what I'm saying, for sure. And, and he shut a lot of people up this season. So, like, this would be the time to really, like, step into that limelight, you know, with the purple and gold on, 
next to Kate, I mean, next to uh, AD and LeBron, you know what I'm saying? It would be the perfect opportunity for him to like, hey, if you want to step into that contract, you know what I'm saying? This would be the time to do it. This would be the time to do it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. And I hope, um, you know, from a hometown perspective that Kuzma go crazy and, you know, lead him to the finals. Damn it. Win it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, just from, you know, sitting back, I think that Phoenix is a good team. And they, you know, granted, Devin Booker is the man on this team. And, you know, Chris Paul controls the show. I think they got a good supporting cast where nobody plays outside of them. So at really any given moment, and that's why they've been able to find, you know, a level of consistency um, amongst themselves. Now, one of the teams that ain't nobody really been talking about, but they've been, you know, just flying consistently good, not occasionally great, is the Nuggets, man. Mm-hmm. And Without Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. Y'all didn't realize that. Without Jamal Murray, he's not playing right now. You know what I'm saying? And That's their best, second-best player. Yeah, and I think that – yeah, here you go with this Jokic mess. And I think that um, – <laughs> and I, I, I truly think that, you know, Denver – Denver got something working for him, man. And and here's another question for you. If Denver, you know, they get to the Western Conference Finals and they flop, is it then the coach's fault? Or are they shaking things up again? Like, you know what I mean? And, and what I'm trying to I get do. to is I, I still – I'm still very, very upset about how Doc got fired last year, bro. I think that was some BS, bro. I really mm-hmm. believe that was some trash. I feel like it's different. <clears throat> I feel like it's a different situation because obviously you have you're in the LA market. You have you know Steve Ballmer, one of the richest owners in the league, if not the richest owner in the league. Um, you also have like a lot more, a number of like um, uh, what would you want to call them? Um, you have Kawhi and and uh, and PG. You know what I'm saying on the same team. You know what I'm saying where like the personalities are just not the same in Denver. You know, and then on top of that, right now, Jamal Murray is out. And I think he – didn't tear his, like, ACL or something like that? Or messing knee up or something? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, like, mm-hmm. he's out for the season, I'm sure. So, like, I think that whatever they can do is just a plus. You know what I'm saying? And I think that only, bit like, bodes well for next year for a full season when now you also have Aaron Gordon, who's still getting acclimated, you know what I'm saying, as a, uh, as a nugget. You know what I'm saying? Monte Morris is that he's earned his contract and some, so he's gonna continue to step into, you know what I'm saying, more of that um that backup guard and getting more minutes. But my thing is that shoot, I don't know what his contract is up, but like, hey, whenever you know he just signed an extension, but like, you know, hey, you gotta worry about keeping him too at some point. You know what I'm saying? You can't pay everybody. Um, but it's no number of other players that have stepped up. I forgot uh one guy's name. He's from like um South Carolina, something like that. I was watching the other night, so they got a number of players that have been stepping up and like I think they went like nine and one um in the last ten before they played the Lakers not too long ago. So like, you know, for them to stay maintained to be in the four C without Jamal Murray is uh truly impressive. So no, I definitely feel that they'll just have to run it back. And if they make any minor adjustments, then you know, there'll be cause to do so. But I definitely feel like they're in a much different situation than uh what the Celtics are in right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I just had to ask. Um, yeah, bro, I think that um, 
I think that it's going to make all for uh, an interesting playoffs, man. Matchups is going to be key as is in any situation. Um, the only people who really going to know who they playing is uh, three, six and four, five, which I think if you look from the, um, the Eastern conference or the Western conference for that matter, um, you'll get some good matchups. Um, heat, heat bucks. And then, um, uh, Hawks and the Knicks. I think that those will both be good matchups. And that's if everything holds true. Don't nobody go on no crazy losing streak or um, the latter. Um, I think that, like I said, you'll get some good matchups. So I'm excited, bro. I'm excited to what the playoffs is going to look like to see how this play-in plays out. Because, again, bro, even bro, even with the All-Star game switch up, like everybody was questioning at first, but you saw some real competition at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And I they think that, like straight, bro. yeah, bro, I, I, Adam Silver, bro, you don't miss, man. You don't. Very underrated. Uh, very underrated. But um, another thing is that, uh, so real quick, I want to talk about this or that, bro. This or that real quick, man. So as far as the Brooklyn Nets, who was more instrumental to the Nets having playoff success? Is it going to be, let's look between KD or James Harden, since they are the two most recent additions. Harden. Harden? I say Harden because, I mean, bro, I can't even and, – and this is like <laughs> – this is no bull. I don't remember the last time I sat up here and talked to you about KD having a bad game. Okay. So That's I think true. it's, it's going to be about Harden's ability to continue to play make as he has, um, him being healthy, and um, – I think that I think that James Harden is going to have a bigger impact on you know how Brooklyn is able to finish you know based on his his level of um, playmaking. I think it's really going to come down to James Harden's playmaking. And I know you didn't talk about him, but bro, Kyrie is. I've really been. I've been. I've gotten a chance to watch him more this year um, than I have on previous years because they've been on a lot of primetime games. But, bro, Kyrie is unreal, bro. Mm -hmm. Bro, Kyrie is one of the greatest basketball players I've ever seen, bro. <laughs> hey, man, that's not a – and I'm not laughing because I don't believe. I mean, it's just, it's just one of them things where it's like <clears throat> he's, he's been under the radar, you know what I'm saying, like for a number of reasons, you know. Um, but he's, like, quietly consistent. I think I looked up top ten – scores right now and he's like number five like 27 for a game like and that is like amidst everything amidst playing with kd amidst like during the lineup changes amidst like he's on all off the court you know what i'm saying um debacles of the case would be he's just easily consistent like no matter what he does off the court what whether it's like diminishing lebron by let's say hey like i'm finally playing with a closer or however y'all want to take it right like, the, the constant is Kyrie. The constant is that Kyrie Irving is a killer. And I'm glad you said that because, like, despite how you feel about Kyrie, I'm really excited to see, like, what he does, you know what I'm saying, in the playoffs, you know what I'm saying? We haven't seen him in that playoff mode in a while. But now he got a killer next to him, you know what I'm saying, and another killer on the bench who got who is licking his chops right now. James Harden is waiting for, you know what I'm saying, like, waiting to show, like, yo, I'm not a fluke. Like, I've been obviously carrying Houston for – I carry Houston for a long time, 
So I'm really excited to see those three. I don't know how they will mesh. You know what I'm saying? But they're going to score. <laughs> they're going to they gonna score. That's what they go do. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, they still got DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, obviously, unfortunately, retired uh, due to some health complications or whatnot. So prayers to him. But I would definitely agree with that Nets assessment for sure. We apologize for not really talking about the Nets this much. But, like, man, we're going to see real soon. You know what I'm saying? What the Nets are able to put on the floor and what they're able to do um, in the playoffs. Yeah, man. So, so, so what, what, what else you got for me, man? This or that, man. I want to talk about uh, the impact of Chris Paul versus the impact of uh, Russell Westbrook. Like, what would you say that um, – what would you say Chris Paul's best stop was, his best impact? Would you say this – his current – um, position right now with the Suns is his best impact, like over the Hornets, over the Clippers, over the, the Rockets, or would you say that the impact that Westbrook has had on the lowly Wizards? Because oh boy, nobody was watching Wizards. Oh boy, nobody was watching. So, and and I'll say this because <laughs> again, I'm I'm a Westbrook fan, so I'm I'm gonna hold him off for a second. And I think one of the places that you forgot about was Chris Paul's impact on the Thunder. He took mm, the Thunder team true. to, yeah. I believe, the sixth seed last year. And beat. Didn't he beat, take him, didn't he beat the first round? Or they lost in game seven, right? Uh, they lost they in game up, seven. They ended up losing in game seven. But he was able to take a Thunder team who was – I mean, look at him now, bro. I don't even have to go any further. Like, <laughs> look at him now, bro. And he was able to take that team – to the playoffs and be a really, really good competitive team. Um, and I think that the Thunder was really his, his greatest, his, his greatest stop or, or whatever you want to call it. I think what he was able to do in OKC was, was unreal, bro. Mm -hmm. I feel and, that. And, and, and like, not to discount what he's doing now, because I think he was what the Suns were missing. Um, they just needed somebody to control the floor so that Devin Booker didn't take on point guard and scoring um, responsibilities. Now, D-Book can be a scorer, which he is, and he's doing that shit very well. And Chris Paul is, you know, he's still dribbling the skin off the ball, but, I mean, he, he, can, be that, he can be that point guard and that leader that he is, and he don't got to assume no other roles. Like, he, don't, he doesn't have to – Oh, I gotta go figure out how to get like he don't gotta do that. Like all he gotta do is be Chris Paul. And I think that 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 makes life easier for him here. And I think he'll find he'll find probably one of his greatest successes here in Phoenix. But I think that OKC was his greatest stop. And like just from what he was able to do with a team and really show people what he, you know, what who he is. Um, not to say people didn't know who he was, but Damn it, Chris Paul got his respect last year for sure. Um, but as far as Russ goes, man, I mean Russ has always been this man. He's able been able to stuff this stuff the stat sheets. Um, he's been able to rebound, score, and and make plays. Now the biggest thing with Westbrook, with Westbrook has always been um, fast shot selection and. You know, I think that some of that definitely still exists. But all in all, I think that what Russ has been able to do and show people he's capable of has been tremendous, man. Like, I, I just like – I like people with that dog mentality. 
And Russell Westbrook, he never say die. Like, he he never quitting. He playing every game like it's his last game. And you can tell, like, that's why the stats be the way they is. I don't think he be trying to pad him. Like, it's just who he is, bro. He going to rebound. He going to put the ball in the bucket. And he going to make sure he get hit people while they open so they can put the ball in the bucket. Yeah. <clears throat> I would agree. I think that uh, if I had to pick one, I definitely think that, man, that Thunderstop was definitely unbelievable for sure. You know what I'm saying? I think Chris Ball has had the impact. Um, but, man, like I said, I think it goes, you know, not set enough for what Russell Westbrook is doing with the Wizards because obviously Bill couldn't do it by himself. John Wall couldn't do it either. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it just goes to show, like, the the legendary status of Russell Westbrook, man, of Brody himself. You know what I'm saying? Of Brody himself. Puts Let's not take away from the fact that they are still the 10th seed. They are, but <clears throat> they are. They are still the 10th seed, but, like, the Wizards were low. You know what I'm saying? And, like, you know, I think it took – and this is his first season with them, so it took them, like, some time to get into a rhythm. You know what I mean? So I think that'll be all if I take kind of that. So, but before we wrap it up, man, this NBA edition of the play-in tournament, the last week of the NBA season, it was modern growth. Last question, man. MVP conversation, man. Steph Curry versus the field. Who you got? I mean, if you break down what it means to be the most valuable player, I believe Steph is the most valuable player to his team. Like, above the league, though. In the him, okay, okay, right. Yeah, like if you the most valuable player of the league, based on what what he's able to do night in, night out, and how much his team depends on him. Damn it, it's Steph's award. Yeah. Hey, man, put some respect on that light skin brother name, man, because you know. There, people say he needed KD. He wasn't clutch, and don't get me wrong; like it's still a lot, you know what I'm saying. But I think that obviously his career, like matter of fact, I just seen something today where he's like 83. He's 83s behind Ray Allen for the career three three pointers, but he's played 600 fewer games. And that is an amazing. You know how many seasons that is? Nah, nah, <laughs> like, bro. I, I'm hip. I'm hip. But to Ray Allen's point, to Ray Allen's point. Steph is a point guard. Steph controls the ball. So, I mean, it, I mean, not to say that it's not unbelievable, but, like, you know what I mean? You know, records were meant to be broken. So, I definitely commend Steph for what he's probably going to end up doing. Um, but I also can't discount the fact – I still believe that it's, it's Steph's award, but MB has had an amazing season – uh, definitely an MVP caliber season. If big man got more credit for what they did and how they were able to control the game the way that he does, he should be considered a lot more. And granted, they probably going to end up with that number one overall seed. So he probably got a chance to get it, man. So I would say Steph, then and B one, two for my MVP vote for sure. All right, man, I got you. I got stuff number one. And for two, I got Jokic, man. I got Jokic, bro. And we're going to say, look at Can you stop it, bro? Like, can you stop it, bro? I got like, Jokic. Well, you just highlighted about the Nuggets, you know what I'm saying, and them main – who was the center of all that? 
who who's the center of all that? Oh my God. I, I mean, come on, let's do the math. Like you got Jamal Murray out. You know, I don't know if they would do if they they would not be doing the same. I'm not going. I'm not going to say I don't know. They wouldn't be doing the same without Jokic and Murray was playing versus how they are right now with Murray out and Jokic playing. It's just that I mean, I and I and I say that you know what I'm saying because the impact he has on the team. You know what I'm saying? And I, I also think- got to put Luca number three. Bro, so you're not giving MB no. I'm all set, bro. Like <laughs> you disrespect MB at a level that I've never seen, bro. How is it disrespect? It's just it's just not disrespect, bro. It's just it's not respect at all, bro. I think MB is an amazing player, bro. I think he's like a quality big, old school big that we quality. haven't seen before. Quality. No, he's more than he's more. My bad. I ain't trying to say quality uh, sounds like serviceable. I get I get I get what you're saying. He's in a I can say he's an amazing big man, like. He's very, very skilled. He can kill you in any way. I just think he has a better supporting cast around him, you know what I'm saying, uh, than Jokic does right now. And then then Spurs, especially than Luka does, than Luka does right now. You know what I'm saying? Luka's a special player. But we're going to get into that another time, man. But um, thank you all for tapping in to another episode of Modern Growth, this NBA edition, this last week of the NBA season that we're highlighting. Uh, the play-in tournament is actually May 18, uh, which is a week from today, so Tuesday through the 21st. You know what I'm saying? So next Tuesday through the 21st, you'll get to see um, and t- check out those games and compare them to some of the thoughts that we had and some of the analysis that we were able to break down. But, G-Man, you got any other things you want to add, bro? Damn it. I hope Philly win it all now, just because you disrespected <laughs> me, man. And just, and just like that, man, Modern Growth, we got better today, man. We out. You have to grow.